and welcome to Reflector Life, the podcast. I'm here to share stories, answer frequently asked questions about being a reflector in the human design system and about human design in general, as well as to talk about what's going on right now. And occasionally, we'll have a guest on to share as well. Thanks so much for being here. I'm your host, Amanda Prichelle, and this is a sliver of the experience of being human. Amplified. I'm so excited to be sitting here recording, finally. Um, It feels like it's been a long time coming. I really um, have wanted to start a podcast for several years. And I have had everything set up for this podcast for about six months. So um, I was just waiting for the right time. And I really feel that life has initiated me into starting now. So here I am. And thank you so much for being here. Uh, I look forward to to being able to answer questions that I get on Instagram, um, on social media that are kind of difficult to answer there. Um, And this way, you know, if one person has a question, I know that there's probably so many more people who have the same or a similar question. So um, really excited about that. And I'm also just excited to share stories, um, to be able to tell you about myself and my journey in hopes uh, that it helps you on yours or that you, even if you just feel a little bit less alone, I'm like mission accomplished, right? Um, So yeah, I'm going to start by just telling you a little bit about myself in this episode. Uh, Yeah, sharing my design and my journey and how I got to where I am today in a nutshell. Um, I will probably go deeper into different topics if people are interested, sharing different stories in more detail. Uh, But for now, I'm just going to give you a general overview of my entire life. How does that sound? So uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am a 2-4 reflector in human design. I am on the cross of Eden, the right angle cross of Eden. Um, And my my incarnation cross gates are gate 6, gate 36, gate 12 and gate 11. Um, so you can find my body graph on my Instagram or on my website if you want to know more about my design. Um, I share that pretty freely because I feel like it's really helpful um, and beneficial to know, you know, who, who you're talking to, who you're listening to. And so feel free to check that out. I'll, I'll put a link there so you can you can check out my body graph. <laughs> um, I was born in Minnesota. Um, I have, yeah, I've lived all over the world since then. Um, but I was born to, yeah, just two parents who were trying to figure it out, um, doing the best they could. Um, they got divorced when I was quite young. There was a lot of difficulty in that, uh, growing up experience for me being a reflector and not really knowing like what was wrong with me. That's kind of the theme I would say. I was like, why, 
why am I like this was a question I asked myself a lot. Um, what's wrong with me? I, you know, I, I have trouble in, in all of these ways and, um, and, and I feel kind of like this inconsistent person and I feel like I'm too much and I feel like I'm too emotional and um, I feel like I don't know how to express all of this that's in me. Um, so yeah, going throughout life, like I, there was a lot of, um, yeah, just toxicity in, in my, in my family life. Um, it was, it was really difficult and looking back on it now, I'm like, wow, um, it, it, it pains me to see children not being honored for all that they are. Um, and it pains me to look back at myself and, and of course there were also some, some good times. And even in those times that felt really painful and terrible, there were a lot of lessons learned about empathy and understanding people who have been through really tough things, um, early on in life. So I was really involved. Like I would say that when I was a, oh, I don't know, like preteen, I started getting really involved in the church um, because I was a really spiritual kid. I always felt connected to um, higher power and had a lot of experiences when I was young that didn't make sense to me, but I just fully trusted them. Like I would see, I would see things and I would hear things. And, um, when I was, uh, five, I, I had a little visit, um, from Jesus and I didn't really know like quite who this guy was and I didn't really know what, it meant, but I knew that I felt comforted. I knew that I felt like very, um, supported in a really, really hard time. That was when my parents were getting divorced and, you know, he just kind of showed up to me and I was wishing on a star. Um, when I was five, I was looking out my window in the new apartment that my newly single mother had moved us into. And, um, I was just like, please, please, like let my family get back together. Uh, I think I had seen wishing on a star in a movie or something. And, um, suddenly I just had this, this vision, um, uh, you know, this man coming to me, um, that was Jesus. And he was saying like, it's okay. You were so loved. Um, you can't always have the things that you want to have happen and even if even if your parents don't get back together everything's gonna be okay um and I really carried that through me uh through my life with me um and I think that was like you know initially what really made me a very spiritual person um and so yeah fast forward to me being a preteen uh, I was like, I want a different life. I want, I want something different than what I'm seeing here. 
this is this is not working for me <laughs> um and i i want better um and so i went to church because what else does a kid in a very small town of <laughs> like 2000 people in minnesota um do to to get in touch with their spirituality there's like churches on every block literally so i did that i got like really involved now this is something that i think is a really it really made it clear to me like oh reflectors really become their environment like if they don't know what they are or what's happening like you can just really become um like a voice, a very loud voice for the environment and the system and the program that you're a part of. So I very quickly became um, like super involved. I became like really, really judgmental of other people because um, actually, you know, the reason for that was because I, I was so judgmental of myself and so judgmental of my family. And I was so ashamed of a lot of the things that I had seen growing up. And I was like, I want to be better than this. I want to be better. Um, and so I, uh, yeah, I dove in and I was this little judgmental, like child, like going around telling everyone, like there's hypocrisy in this church, you know? Um, and I felt it really because my parents would often not go with me to church and like other adults would come over and like, if you're a Midwestern person, you're going to know what this is, but, um, they would say things to me like, Oh, where's your parents, Amanda? And, and they call it Minnesota nice. Um, sounds nice, but really there's kind of like this ulterior motive of like people trying to get gossip. Um, God, like prayer requests um, or like gossip, like in the form of prayer requests was really common. So I was kind of calling these things out and like I was a little like instigator for a while. Um, and then I was also really shy, like when I was at school and... Um, I was just like, I feel like I don't belong here. Um, I had trouble with friends. I was bullied a bit. Um, I was ostracized like in when I was like, I don't know, like 15 or something. And like everyone kind of turned away from me because they were like, oh, I don't want that to happen to me too. So I don't want to associate with her. So there was just a lot going on at that time. And I that that whole experience made me turn even deeper into um you know the church and i got even more zealous and just like really intense about um that program and and living it out and and you know <laughs> spreading the word and telling people what they were doing wrong and and trying to find this like perfection um that doesn't exist to be honest so there's a lot there if you guys are interested in hearing more about my journey there anything specific um let me know i actually love talking about things like the purity culture um issues there like the obsession with sexual purity um the yeah like this this underlying theme of like my value as a woman and as a person was really like based on my sexuality and my um like only channeling my sexuality into like waiting and what I was not you know don't have sex like don't um you know wait until you're married and and this sort of a thing really extreme stuff 
um, went to like a lot of conferences that were all about purity, um, where we faced like a lot of, yeah, just like conditioning, man, about like what is good and what is bad and what you need to be to be good and sin and hell fire and 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 it's all wrapped up with this bow of like this is love this is what love is um and a lot of the people that I that I met during that time and that I had relationships with are wonderful human beings um that I'm still thankful for because I learned a lot from a lot of those people and a lot of those experiences and <sighs> it did a lot of damage. Um, these this kind of thinking does a lot of damage to a lot of people because, you know, it's 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 heavily focused on hey the body's bad. Whether they're saying that outright or not, that's it's definitely tied up in there. And you know, you are a sinner, and you are on the road to hell, um, eternal fire if you don't, um, uh, comply. And there's a show of loving people who are outliers, but man, if you, if you do something wrong, like you will probably be kicked out of the church, um, in the name of standards or whatever they call it, um, so I sampled a lot of different denominations. I can't say it was any one in particular, to name a few. Um, Lutheran, um, like more traditional Lutheran, more like modern, I would say, Lutheran. Um, Pentecostal churches, um, charismatic churches, um, like Episcopalian and... Uh, Calvinist and man so many um, I can't say that I really sampled the Catholic Church um, that wasn't really a part of my experience um, because even in those realms like Catholicism is kind of seen as like not real Christianity which is another whole thing which is like like yeah come on like you know <laughs> um, you're supposed to be on the same team but uh, there's a lot of division in terms of, of, you know, Protestant and Catholic. And that is a theme throughout the world that has been deadly for people. So, oh, let me know if you want to hear more about that. Because Lord knows I could go on forever. Pun intended. So, anyway, I went on and on through this life of feeling, you know, really <laughs> disintegrated, unintegrated as a person. Um, I was, I was judging a lot of people. I was doing a lot of like, you know, I don't know, virtue signaling. Is that a thing that people are saying now? Um, I was just like, look, look, I'm good. I'm good. But I was really trying to convince myself. Um, and on the surface, I think, you know, I just look like a judgmental little child. So, you know, then in secret, I was just really struggling with, um, with my brokenness. I was really struggling because I was like, I'm not supposed to feel like this. I was ashamed of a lot of things that were going on in my family. Um, I was, I was ashamed of a lot of things that, that I was like, sort of feeling and doing like in secret um 
I struggled with just like what I thought was like oh my god like I thought about sex once like I'm going to hell (laughs) um and you know this purity stuff was really drilled into me and that shame was so heavy and um also you know intertwined in that was disordered eating where I um yeah I, I had like just really really disordered eating and I was I was either striving myself or I was binging um and it was a really difficult thing because I was alone and no one saw that happening um and I I, I did you know at one point try to tell my family like hey I need help I'm not okay um I did recognize that but what I was told was you don't need help you're perfect you're so healthy you're thin you're you're fine um you don't have a problem and so I hit it I I buried it even deeper and um it pains me to think about that even now um Because I think a lot of reflectors go through that. A lot of people go through that where, you know, you tell, you try to get help and people are like, what? You're fine. Get over it. Or you don't need help. Or, you know, I think what I had said to my mom at the time, because I was confused. I like, I was in it. You know, I didn't, you don't always know what's going on when you're in it. And I was like, I need a nutritionist. (laughs) Um, And I kind of told her why, but, uh, you know, there was a lot of denial in my family. And I think that Um, I ended up, you know, really amplifying a lot of the things that were going on. Um, my, you know, just to bring it back to design, my, um, my mother is an emotional manifesting generator. I was totally like amplifying her waves and I didn't know what was happening. And I think that, um, you know, now looking back, I'm like, oh, you know, maybe, um, I was really like reflecting what was going on in her and it was really uncomfortable to witness that. Um, And my ex-stepfather now, um, he was in my life for uh, about 18 years. He was married to my mom. He uh, was a manifester um, with a lot of addiction issues. Um, And so, yeah, there was a lot of addiction. There was a lot of denial. There was a lot of like you didn't see what you think you saw. So I internalized a lot of that denial. Um, and it was, it, it was, it was rough. Um, my, my dad, uh, he, we would, my sis, my little sister and I, uh, would visit him every other weekend. Um, he is a generator and my little sister is a generator as well. Um, yeah, I was, you know, my dad, um, and I, I think, you know, I kind of knew what was going on with like, as the oldest child, like I kind of knew what was going on, like financially, you know, with like child support and all of these things that kids should not know about. And so I felt like guilty, like super guilty. And I felt like I had to be responsible for my dad. Cause I was like, gosh, my dad has to pay my mom for me and like you know the money's not going to the right place and like I felt guilty so I tried to consume um as little as possible and be as you know little of a burden as possible to him 
Um, but I really loved going to his house every other weekend. Um, yeah, things weren't perfect there either, but you know, nothing's perfect. Hey, like, (laughs) um, but yeah, and my, my little sister, she's five years younger than me. She's a five, one generator. She's like my best friend now. Um, we had a rough start. I had to take care of her a lot when I was young and I was like just not okay like I was like so burnt out and I had to like you know just babysit all the time um and be responsible for this younger child when I was a child and I um I really uh had a lot of rage rage and disappointment man, like, I feel like disappointment compounded, 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 sometimes feels like rage. Um, so anyway, we now are like best friends. We have like, you know, just such an understanding of each other. She is so wise and brilliant and she has a little son. My nephew is a a manifester, a little ego manifester, 6'2 profile. And he's like, the best. Um, the two of them are just like my favorite people in the world. Um, and out of all of those experiences, I'm just like so incredibly grateful that, um, that I had my sister to share it all with. And now, you know, we've been able to process a lot of things together. Um, and yeah, I just, Melanie, I love you. (laughs) I know you're going to listen, so I love you. Um, Yeah, so I eventually, moving past all of that, um, I went to university at a, like a, an evangelical Christian university because I was like, I want to know like these things. I want to study these things, right? So I studied sociology Um, But everyone at my university was required to also study biblical theology. So my degree is in um, sociology um, and biblical theology. So anyway, I when I was there, it's funny because that was like when I really, really started questioning things. And I really started realizing that the, the things that I had learned growing up were like really like kind of outlier type of beliefs um and that most scholars were like "Mm -hmm." like they like I remember being in a class on the book of Daniel and my professor made a joke about the rapture and I and everyone laughed right and I was like wait what because I had been raised like Jesus is coming back and like the times are getting hard and if we just watch the news like we'll see like all of this chaos means Jesus is coming soon Okay, so I had a very, like, I had this unraveling happen to me when I really started studying the Bible um, from this scholarly perspective, from, like, these people who, you know, they believed they were Christians, um, and they had this totally different viewpoints. And a lot of my professors had extremely different viewpoints from each other. There were, there were all of these systems of theology that varied from each other and none of them were like what I grew up with. And I was like, wow, there's so many perspectives here. And so, yeah, I, I began really unraveling 
everything when I started studying theology. Um, and I am not at all involved in the church anymore. So ironically, going to a private evangelical university was the thing that actually started me on the road to, yeah, leaving the church and just not really identifying with any of that at all anymore. Um, fun fact, and you know, my variables in human design, I am an anti-theist as my trajectory. So haha, funny. When I learned about that later, I was like, okay. Now, to be clear, um, do I not believe in God? I'll say no. I don't. I do not not believe in God, right? Um, it's just very different. My relationship with um, God is so, so different now. Um, it, you know, we can get into that in another episode. Um, I'm not an atheist. I'm certainly not an atheist, um, but I, I just have such a different relationship now. Yeah. So in all of this, I mentioned purity. I knew I was supposed to be a good girl and get married. That is not one of the things that I unraveled at uh, Christian university. So I did end up meeting a wonderful person and marrying him, um, soon after graduating. Uh, and yeah, we were married for two years and we ended up getting divorced. I really thought that marrying this person would like solve so many of my problems, like my insecurities, my issues. I was like, oh my gosh, finally I can like have sex without being ashamed. Well, guess what, guys? The shame doesn't really go away. Um when you sign the papers because it's so ingrained in you. So I really struggled for, you know, that time. And I had this little monster in me that was like, wanted to like really own my sexuality as a person. And I, and I couldn't, I was so split. And basically, yeah, our marriage ended and it was in large part uh, due to me um, it always takes two people, right? So we, you know, <laughs> we both lived out each other's like deepest insecurities. Like we exacerbated, I'll say each other's like deepest insecurities and we, um, ultimately ended it. It, it broke me apart. Um, I, all of a sudden, everything I had ever identified as was gone. I tried to go to the church for help. I tried, you know, it it was a mess, you guys. Like, it was, it was not good. Um, <laughs> it was a mess. I was on the couch. I was so depressed for a really long time because, well, I had no identity anymore. <laughs> and everyone knew all these things about me that I was so ashamed of. And, or so I felt, like, who knows how much people actually cared, right? But for a time, you know, I knew I was kind of in a small city, and I knew a lot of people, and I knew people were talking. And so I ended up, uh, I knew I, I had to do something, right? I had to get out of there. Now, I am mountains, environment, active mountains, and human design. 
uh, in my environment. And I now know that actually getting away from a situation and getting up, up, up <laughs> to a higher perspective or, you know, which sometimes means just, just going away and looking at something from afar changes everything for me. And that's really what happened um, when I booked a one-way ticket to Ireland. I had like no money. I was deeply in debt from said uh, Christian university. (laughs) Um, I think I had like, to be honest, like $2,000, like total. And I just like booked, I quit my job. I booked a one-way ticket to Ireland. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I packed up my backpack. I was like, yeah, I'm doing this. Like, I don't even know what force carried me along because I was so low. I was just like a wreck. And I got to Europe, got to Ireland. Um, I ended up traveling to, yeah, like Ireland and and um, Belgium, the Netherlands, Malta, Scotland, back to Ireland again. Um I think that was everything. And I, along the way, I really had to, like, when you're traveling and you're, like, staying at hostels and stuff, like, you have to, like, get up in the morning and, like, brush your teeth and take a shower and, like, go get food. And that was, like, the best thing that I could have done for myself. Um, and long story short, that, that changed my life because it was while I was traveling that I decided... I need something new. I need something to work towards. I need like hope for my life because right now going back to where I was is not like, I I don't think I can do it. So I ended up applying to work in South Korea as an English teacher. Um, Actually, I ended up like taking a course with like my last bit of like my last few hundred dollars. And I think when I got back to the US, I had like $50 left not even lying. Um, I drove to Kansas City, stayed with my cousin for a bit, um, drove back, like didn't even know if I was going to have enough money to like pay for gas. Like, I don't even know how. I don't even know how that happened. I have no idea. Um, I had like $2 left, got a job, worked there for a year um, while everything, like my application for, you know, working in Korea was going through. And um yeah, by the way, I got a I got that job for through friends, like total fourth line. It was a total fourth line surprise. And I uh I went to Korea. I got accepted and I went. Um and I while I was there, I was confronted with like some of my worst fears, which were like <laughs> being seen. And as a teacher, like, I thought I was going to be teaching, like, little babies in elementary school. And when I got to Korea, like, they don't tell you until you get there what's going to happen. And I ended up teaching middle school students. And I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, my worst fear. <laughs> um, so every day I had to stand up in front of my, in front of like all of these kids, like imagine you're a reflector, you're reflecting all of these feelings. I didn't know I was a reflector yet. Um, all of these feelings, but you know, kids going through puberty are having 
while also still having all my own insecurity issues and oh, showing up no matter how I was feeling and standing in front of a classroom of kids who are looking at you like lead me, right? Who were often disruptive and disrespectful and whatever to like the foreigner, <laughs> um, you know, testing me to see what they could get away with and whatnot. I learned so much. I planned on staying there for one year. Um, I ended up staying there for like, yeah, between three and four years. I had three different teaching contracts during that time. Um, and it totally changed my life. Um, the last year I was in Korea, or the last two years, I guess, I really started getting interest, interested in shadow work. So um, finally, I was like making some money. I was like, okay, maybe I need to like get help. <laughs> so yeah, I, I started um, doing some inner work, I guess. I started really like examining myself and I really wanted to make a change. I really wanted to uh, face my fears and dig into the depths of like all of this kind of baggage that I had for my whole life. So I really started doing that. Like I would go to work, I would teach, and then I would come home and I would like meditate. And um, I worked through a couple of programs. I worked with a mentor um, and that that was like my psychic training. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm also a trained psychic. Um, that's when my psychic training really began. Um, and my shadow work journey, I guess you could say, um, where I really was able to integrate a lot of things, a lot of aspects of my humanity that I was like, oh no, I'm not that way. You know, I still had a lot of those things, I had a lot of shame. I was able to integrate a lot of those pieces and, and, uh, yeah, really like step out as myself into the world, um, without this like cloud of shame always hanging over my head. Uh, so I ended up finding out about human design back in 2018, um, like somewhere in the middle of when I was in Korea, I found out about human design and I kind of pushed it aside for a while because initially a friend pulled my chart and it came out that I was a projector. Um, she had entered my birth time incorrectly and like neither of us noticed it. So I thought that I was a projector for a while, and when I was reading about it, I was like, nah, that doesn't feel really right. Like, some things were like, well, yeah, sure, but other things were just, yeah, I just wasn't interested. But it kept coming back around and around and around and around, and I was like, God, this won't leave me alone. <laughs> and I think sometimes when, when things don't leave you alone, it's like, okay, fine, like, fine, universe, okay, like, I'll look at this. So I pulled up my own chart, and there it was, blank. And I was like, mm, this isn't right. So I tried it again and again and again. Um, and finally, I was like, oh, I grabbed the, the like paper. My friend had printed, you know, the wrong chart out on. And I was like, she put my month in incorrectly. So I'm a reflector, not a projector. And I was staring at it. And I got I was hit with this wave of disappointment. And it's funny, funny to me now, because obviously I love my design and um, I think it's so fun and, and beautiful. 
um, you know, among, <laughs> among all the difficulties. Um, but I, yeah, I was so disappointed and I was like, I'm nothing. <laughs> uh, so, but I knew also that that disappointment that I felt when that hit me so hard because of all this shadow work that I had been doing, I was like, Ooh, when something feels this, like, I don't know, confronting, I know that there's some truth in it and I need to dig deeper. So you guys know that I did definitely dig deeper. Um, so yeah, that was back in 2018, um, that I really started digging into it. It is, it has been about four years. I'm about to start my fifth year in my human design experiment. Um, it has been a wild ride to really understand my design to each year. I mean, my first year I was like, give me all the information. Oh my gosh. I was reading everything. I was listening to every podcast I could get my hands on. I was just like, give me everything. I want it all. I was obsessed with knowing more. Um, the second year I really thought I knew a lot. I was like, wow, I know so much. I'm going to teach people. Right. And I did, I knew a lot of information. Um, but I will say that like the third year of my experiment was really when I started to like be like, oh, wow, actually, the more I know and the more that I actually integrate this into my life and the more that I actually live it, the more I realize like I do, how, how much I don't know, right? The more you know, the more you realize how much you don't know kind of a thing. So I just have been on this journey. It's had so many ups and downs. Um, you know, I learned about my type, my strategy. I went in really deep to the lunar cycle, like in a scientific kind of way. Um, and like figured that out. And I was like experimenting with, with playing with that in different ways. And, um, I, in this, you know, like I said, I'm coming on to my fifth year pretty soon. And or starting my like year five pretty soon. Um, and I just see how much more I have to learn um, and how much more growth uh, is possible. And I've just really realized like, you know, people will say and in, in the cellular transformation um, and your body takes seven years. And I'm like, this isn't going to take seven years. This is going to take my whole life. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, at first, like, I would say when I was, like, a year or two in, I was, like, Ugh. like, all these traditionalists, like, were on Facebook and stuff, and they were, like, you of little knowledge, <laughs> you newbie, and I was kind of, like, triggered by it, but really, um, I'm seeing more and more, like, wow, um, I, I'm so humbled by this journey, I'm so grateful for all of the people that I've met along the way that I've learned from, that I've learned with that I've just like communed with in like such a beautiful way. Like so many people and experiences and opportunities have come through me. Like just one day when I was at my desk job in Korea and like didn't have a class to teach, I was like making an Instagram to just record what I was learning personally. And so here I am. <laughs> The journey is ongoing and um, I'm going to I'm going to leave it at that for now. 
If you guys have any questions or want me to go deeper into like anything that I've shared here, um, anything that you find that you relate to or you're like, ooh, um, that that hit a nerve in me and I and I want to explore that more, um, please feel free to leave me a voice message um, and we'll talk about it. We'll talk more about it. Um, if any of this has been like really confronting for you or triggering, I know I mentioned some topics that were a little rough. Um, please get some support. Um, if you don't know where to find support for your particular issue, please reach out to me on Instagram. Um, I'm happy to connect you with someone, uh, or, you know, speak with a close trusted friend, speak with your therapist. This can be really heavy stuff. It can be really triggering. It can be, uh, really confronting. And I, I'm just like sending you guys so much love because I, I get it. And, um, I hope that you guys have a beautiful day or night, whatever it is where you are right now. Um, and thank you so much for listening to my story. Um, thank you so much for, for honoring me in that way. Just listening to me is, wow, like you, you care enough to, to listen to someone else's story that is where so much, um, magic is found and so much common ground and just so much humanity is found in listening to each other's stories. Um, and I just really appreciate you for that. I will see you guys next time. Um, thank you so much for being here again. I'm so excited to have finally started this podcast and I love you so much. Thank you so much for hanging out with me in this episode of Reflector Life, the podcast. Please feel free to leave a review, share with a friend, or send in a voice message to have your question featured on a future episode. Again, my name is Amanda Purcell. You can find me at amandapurcell.com or at Reflector Life on Instagram. See you next time. Much love.